me, now you, you've, you've just endured two three-hour sessions with me. Okay, this is the third. I've talked and I've shared with you things. Tell, with, tell me anything that's been, anything that's happened with you in terms of your approach to your work based on these, these two sessions that we've had and some of the sh- things that I've shared with you. Has there anything changed, anything you're doing now that you weren't doing then, that you've shifted, or any insights that's come to you? And then the next thing I'll talk about is, uh, you know, we'll talk about resistance, because I need to know about resistance, because that's what's going to help me, you know, gear things to try it and help you and anyone else that might be interested. Anything, first of all, so anything that, that you have kind of started doing differently or that you've seen a shift or a change, it could be in the way that you're doing things, the way that you're thinking, and those kind of things. I think the biggest thing that I've changed was really, I mean, the thing that I keep on going back to is the initial shock of, oh, I thought I was doing these things properly, and I thought I was down to the centimeters. So the biggest thing that I've changed personally is trying to stay on top of my accuracy, trying to get some mentoring in with Ivan, trying to pin him down, stay on top of my craft. That's the biggest thing that's happened is kind of the whole so you've, thing from over So you've focused more on the technical part of it, as doing of right it right. Now. As of right now. That's been the biggest thing. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest coming. thing okay. right now. All right, good. Another big one for me, too, was the um, location. Okay. I'm doing mentoring to prepare for the protocols that we're going to do over mm-hmm. here. Okay. Um, just really getting the location correct. And then I think not thinking like a therapist, that keeps going through my head, or not thinking like a massage therapist. What does that mean to you? Um, it means something to me, but I don't know what it means to you. I don't know. I guess, like, not thinking averagely, if that makes sense, average. I think there's kind of a wall for a lot of therapists as far as how far we can go, how far we can, how much we can recommend, what we actually have the scope of practice to talk to someone about. And I think when, especially when we're in school, it's kind of ground in our heads how far that is. There's a distinct line of what we can talk about and not talk about. So I think for me, getting out of the mindset of a therapist is being more comfortable with being uncomfortable when they ask those questions. If I don't know, it's okay that I don't know. I can learn. But that for me has been the escaping that mindset of a typical therapist and just trying to be comfortable and the fact that this is a trial and we are figuring out session by session what is, you know, working and not working for them. Definitely agree with awesome. becoming, you know, not thinking like a therapist. Like, you've got to approach it so different. And, like, I just feel, like, defeated right now. I told you that yesterday yeah. I talked on the phone. Like, you feel like you've got confidence and you know what you're doing. Right. And then you take these classes and, like, I just felt like somebody, like, literally tripped me. Like, <laughs> like with my work, everything, and then I tried to figure out the technique that I wasn't quite mm-hmm. on, so that mm-hmm. really, like, knocked me out more. Because so, I feel like that's the first thing for me, how I react when someone says, hey, you're not doing this right. That's how I go about it. Maybe that's typical of a lot of therapists, I don't know. But the first thing I think is, let me get this correct, mm-hmm. and everything else will follow. I don't, I don't know it if that's like a It feels like there's a lot right now. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I hate that she's feeling that defeat. I don't like that at all mm-hmm. because I would like this to be more, and I know it's a personal thing, it's just like this thing, you've performed really well thus far, 
and to be told that you you know need a little bit more like you're not really there I think is a beautiful opportunity and it should be more being uncomfortable being being comfortable being uncomfortable again yeah. <laughs> is hard okay. and I know that I need to learn but so if you could Jill if you could if we could open that up a little bit more that that feeling of defeatness can you talk more about that because that that mind expanding warping thing for me I could you know I couldn't imagine how that how that could be but I need to understand that so it's just I guess realizing that my communication wasn't there what I was doing you know I need to do more of that I guess it's just me I need to do a lot more than what I was doing and challenging myself is feeling defeated. It's just mm-hmm. realizing where I was and where I want to be, and I was nowhere near what I wanted to be. Like you didn't realize how much. Yeah, how down I was. Still. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's yeah. still so much progress. How long have you been a therapist? Like three years. What's interesting is that our average therapist in all of our in both locations is seven years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's hard too with that because I'm competing with big dogs, and it's like. I know it's my own personal, but it's hard because I'm seeing them and I'm like, I want to be there. Okay. And two, competing. There's no competition. I know. Well, I'm competing with myself, but it's still seeing it, though. Okay. Okay. Um, Good. This is good. I need this. I need all this. Any other? (laughs) I'm like, I'm trying in this class just to let it all out. Any other things that you've seen yourself... um, Um, because my intent with you was to get you to leave here. First, well, let's let's do it this way. Let's try let's try this. But if I did say to you, have at it. Tell people about it if you want to. No big deal. And 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 let's say you roomed with 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 one of the people here are you out to dinner with them or something and you got somehow you got on the topic of this class and they said to you well what was it about what was it about after the first two classes how would you describe to them in you know a few sentences what this class was about what was Stephen trying to 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 communicate to you Okay, that's good. Great, anything else? I feel like you said, you had used the word trial study, I think that was it. I think that was the phrase that you used. I feel that I'm a part of one of those doohickeys. To basically, like she said, yes, figure out the missing link, but trying to be there to figure out what part in the training process is where people drop the ball as far as transferring all that uh, information technically, as far as protocols, things like that. I feel that you are trying to see what point, it, uh, what point along the training process is the one where the ball gets dropped. I feel like that's kind of what we're helping with, trying to figure out when that happens. Okay, but I need to, if you could help me understand, what do you mean by dropping the ball? Um, one of the questions that was asked a lot as far as like how much of the protocols are being used, how much of the communication is being used, that's what I mean, like as far as like 
at one point that happens when people kind of get that complacency and don't stay on top of protocols or stay on top of that communication. What we're, I, I would say what we're missing, you know, we're, we're I want to say dropping the ball, it's hard to not say that word. Um, what therapists are lacking to perform material. But I would also, I would at dinner and say we're more than like a workshop because I feel like we're doing the work, we're going out and doing it and testing it and giving you back our feedback. What do you something to do with, you know, therapists being willing to step out of their normal routine? You know, because we all kind of get stuck in just doing our thing. trying to figure out, in essence, you know, why people choose to not offer therapeutic work to their clients when it can be more of a benefit. That's what the class is about. Exactly that. Why is it that people will not perform these procedures on people You got the technical skills, and then I'm calling it thinking skills, and then I'm I'm identifying also mindset skills. I would have been such a proud parent if you guys would have told me that what you've got out of this class was that you've started thinking differently about your the work. Because that's my goal personally. That doesn't mean that I'm on target, remember. I don't know what to do with you guys. I don't know how to help make this happen, or if I even if I can, I don't know, I honestly don't know. But in my mind, I'm thinking, if they're going to do this, they need to think differently. Okay. So I would love for you to start pondering that and start, because see, if your life is in a different place a year from now, okay, if your practice is different a year from now, I can promise you, I can promise you, it is not because you've learned another technique. It's not the technique. It's your thinking. Don't think about the techniques. You need to know the techniques, okay? You need to know the techniques, but you, you know them enough, okay? And it's true that, that knowing the techniques will improve it incrementally. But changing your thinking will improve things exponentially. I want to keep on this. If there is anything else that you think you'd like to share with me, is there? Let's. Is there anything you've been doing differently? If, if, um, if there's nothing you can think of, is there anything that you could you'd be willing to throw out on the table that you feel like it's been holding you back or that is keeping you from? You know, moving forward, Doug, you, you, know, you threw out an idea that maybe there's a comfort zone, a comfort zone, which, you know, that, I think that certainly is a factor. How, how much it's a factor, we don't know. It could be the whole thing. It could be a piece of it. But is there anything, anything you'd like to share on either side of that, whether it's things you're doing differently, you're thinking differently, uh, things that are holding you back, things that you think I still, I feel like I need this to move forward or something like that. Anything? As far as 
one thing that holds me back. I find that, I mean, as simple as this sounds, you know, when things go fast, and I, I try my best to keep outside outside, I, I think I'm very good at that, but there are times where if it's seeming like one of those crazy weeks, I will like do an entire intake, step out of the room, and then it occurred to me, oh, I forgot this. It's just about staying focused on that and being present in the material I've been taught as far as figuring out what we're focusing on today, asking all the questions, staying on top of that. I mean, I've done drills with Ivan. He knows I can rattle them off, but there are times where they just slip out. I usually recover well, but I think just staying present and remembering everything every single time, I think that's just a day-to-day thing for me. And it's been a little bit harder this last couple of weeks for whatever reason, maybe just the time of year, but that's the thing that's been holding me back recently. Okay, you said a lot there. Could yes. you summarize it for me? I'm not sure quite what you said. What's holding you back? Staying focused right now, just okay. Yeah, that's just it right now. That's always a that's a, yeah. absolutely that's always an ongoing challenge. Okay, good. I think something that was holding me back that I realized when I talked to you yesterday was I don't really know. I thought I knew what you guys wanted, but I really don't think I know because we went out and we got sessions to get what we think we're supposed to be getting. But they're not even delivering it, so how are we supposed to know exactly what we're supposed to be doing without seeing it? Yeah, and I'm gonna. That's one of the things I want to do today. Is I, I, in fact, I'll work on you, yeah. and you're gonna go. I can't believe I said that. You know, I can't believe I said that. because it's gonna be so straightforward and so. Okay, good. Anything else? I just I don't know if this answers it, but I talked to I had a, a little thirty minute meeting with the therapist this morning and somebody that I've been working with for a while now, this individual going back to mindset um, has always been accustomed to being successful in anything she takes on her whole life. And this has been the first thing that has really not given her the results that she's used to receiving. And so that has been a really big challenge because she has not been able to overcome that defeat type of feel. So we're currently working on opening that up a little bit and like making this an opportunity more than anything so it's it's definitely a mindset thing where well, that's been reinforced you know. um she did mention one of the biggest things that she's done she's like and this has taken me longer than anything has ever taken me to really make any progress um she mentioned that initially she was working she had never worked anywhere else before so she just jumped in here got hired and couldn't even believe it when she found out the level of experience that we looked for. So She came here right out of school? Yeah, and it oh, was wow. yeah, and you hired her. Um, and so she was already overwhelmed by that first off because she didn't know how she was gonna do. But anyway, she took the classes and in class we demo here level, you know, this is therapeutic level work kind of thing. And so her implementation of that was get there, just get there and so that talks into the, the whole 50-minute session thing and how you truly implement therapeutic level work for a left shoulder in 50 minutes. So she was overdoing it, basically, and there was no artistic form of doing it, right? There was no fillers in it, that kind of thing. So that didn't work for her. So she said when she finally kind of has put everything together, her communication, identifying really if it's just do they want five extra minutes here really just in a general sense or do they truly have a problem that they want me to go therapeutic on 
when she's clicked all these things together, she's beginning to feel more confident that she will get there. So it's she, her mindset is kind of, I think it's at the brink of like shifting to this open thing. But that was the biggest thing for her is that she's n never failed in anything. And this has been a real struggle for her. Mm. So I was like, wow, that's a fixed mindset hardcore. Yeah, it's a fixed mindset. You're exactly right because you either have it or you don't in a fixed mindset. Yeah, it's not a growth process. And it's all like, let me take this. You guys all read me. mindset? Yeah, you should read it. It's really powerful. Huh? I said I you have the book. All the way through, Andrew. Do you have it? I just got it. Okay, so yeah, so it's it's per the the book will take you, you know, a week or so to read, a week, ten days to read potentially, but the concept can be explained in like. Five minutes, you know, just. But we won't do that now. But um, yeah, so it's definitely, definitely is a fixed mindset. Like, definitely a fixed this mindset. This could very well be, you know, maybe ten people out there. I don't know. Yeah, could be a lot more. So it's really, it was really nice to hear after me refreshing myself on the book. Okay. Um, kind of same thing with the mindset. I haven't read the book yet. Okay. Um, like when we get together, work people, like we talk about work. Like, I'm, I haven't talked yeah. about the class, but yeah. I still, like, sure. you know, talk about work. And um, two people here were talking to me the other day about the work that we do. And they were both kind of saying that they're, like, they don't like to do it because it's, they're, like, it's not my massage. That's not my massage. And one of them even went on to say, like, I'm a nurturer. And I was, like, <laughs> in my head I'm thinking... Just because you do this work doesn't mean you're like a sadist, you know what I mean? You're, it's a fixed mindset. I feel like not open to the fact that... That's a really good one. See, that's the kind of stuff I need. Yeah. You know, we're not beating the shit out of people. You know, I mean, it's a productive pain. It's a, you know, it's not pain with no purpose. And it's one that we're always given out for. Okay, I'm going to actually address that today, okay? So hang in there with me. I've got some really interesting stuff on that. Okay, so this, this is something I've never done before. Um, I've, never, I've never used anything for my travels in classes, okay? But I, I got, I got. This happened on our trip. I thought this directly relates. I'm going to share. Journal when you travel. No, no, but I did. I bought this book so I could journal. I did because of that. Yeah, I, I need something to write. I can't think I went out. Yeah, um, no, I don't usually. Uh, I, my photos are my journal. I, I know. Okay, all right. I'm going to read this to you. I wrote this out. Um, and I don't. You know, I don't know if this is going to be powerful or not. It's powerful to me, but whether or not it'll translate, transfer, I don't know. Okay. If we are observant, life will teach us lessons. One such lesson came to me in a most unexpected place, Patagonia, Chile. Kathleen and I were just finished an 11 and a half hour hike, and our guides were transporting our group of 15 by van to another area where we would start another hike the following day. As we traveled the approximately one hour distance, our guides were sitting in the front of the van 
pointing to the peaks on the mountains across the valley and were amazed at how clear the peaks were. They said something like, wow, you never see the peaks like this. They're usually covered in clouds. They went on for a few minutes about the awesomeness of the view and then went on talking uh, to themselves about some other things. I was sitting on the opposite side of the van and I didn't even see the, the view of the peaks. Uh, I didn't, hadn't seen what they were referring to, referring to. And after a few minutes, I leaned over uh, the top of another passenger to see what I'd been missing. It was indeed a spectacular view. After a few more minutes went by, I asked the guides if it'd be possible to stop and take a picture. They talked among themselves for a minute and decided that a few miles up the road, it would be a good place to stop. We did manage to stop a little further up the road, but by the time that we got there, the light had changed and the view was not quite as spectacular as it had been. If you guys ever went to get your camera for a sunset, by the time you got the camera, it was gone. Light changes so fast. It literally, 20 seconds can make all the difference of a picture. I, I could show you pictures that literally, I snapped the picture and within five seconds, the light went away and it was a totally different picture. I mean, it, it's so dramatic, it's amazing. So, um, we, um, we did manage to stop further up the road. By the time the light checked, it wasn't a spectacular, but I did get uh, the picture. We all got back in the van and continued on to our campsite. All the while, the guides in the front talked among themselves and pretty much ignored the scenery around them and the passengers in general. These guides were very nice young men. There were three of them. All in their late 20s or early 30s, they seemed to love the job they had, and they seemed genuinely in love with the Patagonia area. But I could, I could, I couldn't help but think, and this is the insight, that they had no connection to what their customers were experiencing. They didn't seem to realize that this was our first time in Patagonia and most likely our last. The world is a big place and you don't often get to go back to a place as remote as this for a second time. We would almost, it was 20 hours travel to get there by plane. Um, we would almost surely never be in this place again. They, on the other hand, would literally be back next week. One of the guys later told me that he had been on this trip approximately 100 times, even though he was barely 30 years old. Over the next day or so, I continued to ponder this idea that the guides seemed oblivious to what their customer's headspace was. I thought about some of the excellent guides that we had had over the years. What made them excellent, I wondered. Certainly it was the level of knowledge they possessed and and how they, uh, how they knew the area, the history, the geography, the language, the art, but as important as the knowledge, there is more. The great guides we have had over the years really seem to understand what it was like to be seen an area for the first time. They had learned, it seemed, to see the world through the eyes of their travelers, their customers. They had never lost the wonder of the area they were guiding in. They were able to somehow continue to renew the magic almost on a daily basis. It seems as though they were able to continue to relate to the, to the new traveler's experience. I continued to think about how the guide would conduct himself if he really connected with what his customers were experiencing. 
the more I thought about this, the more I realized that this idea of connecting with your clients, understanding what they are trying to accomplish by doing business with you, understanding and connecting with what problems your customers are trying to solve by engaging in your business is a critical factor in any business, not just the guides in Patagonia. In any business, your customers come to you for a specific reason. I've identified three reasons that people come to you. One, they're trying to solve a problem. They want your help with an issue they cannot solve on their own. They have a need. Number two, they're trying to scratch an itch, meaning they're wanting to, to help with a desire that they have. They have a want. So there's a need and then there's a want. Okay? It's not as... It's not as high level as a, as, a, as a need, but it's something you desire. Or three, they're contacting your business because you're extraordinary in some aspect of your business. I'll talk about this just a, a little bit. If we can connect with why our customers are coming to our business, I mean emotionally connect with the problem that our customers are having, as in number one above, or if we can emotionally connect with what that want or desire is that they are attempting to solve, as in number two above, or if we can emotionally and at the gut level understand why our customers choose us and what our business offers as in number three above, it will completely and irrevocably change the way we interact with the client. Even more importantly, it will change the experience your, ha your client has with our business. Start to notice why you give your money to a business. You will see it's for one of several reasons. You have a problem you want solved. Think a doctor's office, a rental car company. You have a need. Number two, you have a desire you want fulfilled. Think Nordstrom's, Macy's, Zappos, McDonald's, Salt Lick. You're hungry, you need, a piece, you need clothing, or you want clothing. And, and, and certainly, some massage customers have, a, have something that, they, that they, they want. They want to feel good for an hour. Or the business is remarkable in some way, number three. They're close proximity to you. Uh, they're fast. They're cheap. So the need is the most powerful. The want is less powerful. And the least powerful is this number three where, you know, this proximity or something. It's not, it does, it's not that distinguishing. Then notice the employees that are working at these businesses, are they emotionally connected to the problem that you're trying to solve? Think doctor's office. Do you guys, when you call a doctor's office, do you generally get the feeling that they're connected to, the, to what you're experiencing, to your concern? Or are they connected to, to the desire that you want to fulfill? Think Macy's or Best Buy. <clears throat> What if you could connect to a need or want that your customers didn't even know they had? Some great business people in the past hundred years have discovered just that. They made a powerful, enduring business out of something the customer didn't even know they wanted or needed. They did no market research. They did not ask the customer what they wanted. They showed the customer and the customers came in droves for something they didn't even know they wanted. I have two examples. Henry Ford famously said, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said, faster horses. Steve Jobs said, it's really hard to design products by focus groups. A lot of times people don't know what they want until you show it to them. 
Steve Jobs never did any market research for the iPhone. So this is uh, this goes back. So so now I'm going to relate it to what you said. What was your comment? Um, no, 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 people just, oh, sorry. Oh, you and me. No, it was yours. Oh, um, it's not my massage. Okay, yeah, yeah, thank you. All right. So, okay, this is super interesting, okay? So someone that says that, and, and that, that may very well be the problem that I'm facing, okay? I don't know, but it could be. Let's, let's just assume, let's play with it for a minute. Let's assume that it's the major thing, which it probably isn't, but it's one issue. It's one component. We don't know how big. All right. Let's play with that for a minute. Who's more compassionate? Who's more caring? Who's more nurturing? The therapist that listens to what your problem is and then helps you to solve the problem or the therapist that gives you what they want to give you, independent of what the customer really wants or needs. Who's more compassionate? Think about it. You can make a case for the latter, right? Uh, the, uh, the first one, or whatever one I, I You can make a case for the fact that the person who listens to what the person wants and gives them that, even though it may inflict some pain, this, this is a thinking issue. Okay, this is the thought process. The first three-hour block that we had, there was a bullet point that I shared with you. You may or may not remember it. But I said, some therapists are too concerned about the pain they're inflicting on the client rather than, than the benefit the client's going to get out of it. That's not their concern most of the time. If they're coming in with something chronic and they're dealing with pain on the daily, like that pain is so good to them. It's right. that productive, hurts so good. Mm -hmm. So that's like putting yourself in the client's And they, they do vocalize that. Well, yeah. compared to what I live with. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I understand like where Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, from a client's point of view, I saw somebody here for an 80 minute and I just wanted upper body because I hadn't been in in a while. Like arms, arms, hands, like lower back, glutes, neck, neck, neck. 80 minutes, like, I feel like is a really good upper body. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's and she good. told me, like, you need your legs. We're going to do full body. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> okay. And I went into the session, like, kind of pissed off. Like, I laid on the table, just, like, upset. And then you would think, as a therapist, I would be like, yeah. no, this is what I want. But I really was feeling like a client. So like, if you tell your client what you're going to do, they're probably just going to be like, OK, but maybe they're going to be mad about it. You know? OK, so awesome experience. Yeah. There's two things that happen when you get off the <coughs> One of two things can happen, or both. You can learn what to do. Wow, that feels so good. I'm going to do that. How'd you do that? What, what, do you, what are you using with that? But more what not to do. Well, not necessarily. But you can also learn what not to do. And what I, my point is, the what not to do, don't minimize that. That can be very, very powerful learning experience for you. L let me tell you what's happened to me a couple of times. 
Um, yeah, I'm looking for some. I'm looking for kind of just full body, deep, deep, deeper work, deep tissue. Okay. Any particular any particular areas you want to emphasize? No, just kind of full body. You want deep? Yeah. Okay. Well, I I'm I'm pretty deep, so I'm going to start out light with you, and then I'll get deeper as we go along. Okay. So if you go out of the room, I've had this happen a couple, two or three times. Think about. I would never have thought about that, but think about that from the client's point of view. I just told them I want deep, and now they're telling me they're going to start light. Do they not listen? What? What? what do they need? A, do they need a language lesson? What? Yes. <laughs> Why would you tell somebody that? You know, I mean. In your mind, you go, yeah. Well, in your mind, you go, well, they may not, because because this client yeah. probably has a lot of people that say, I want this level, and then when she starts at that at her level, they go, no, that's too much, and she goes down. I understand, but don't tell the client you're not going to do what they ask. But that's that's a great learning that's a great learning thing that happened for me. So, yeah. So just that's all. That's yeah. 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 Here, I'm just like. She she's got an agenda. She's got an agenda. It was a wonderful massage. And, and see, 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 <laughs> okay, okay, here's the thing, here's the thing. All the stuff that I share with you guys are best practices. I don't just come up with this crap out of thin air. I don't pull it out of my rear end. I get 100 emails a day yeah. for, for years. We do 11,000 massages a month. I listen to what people say, and then I communicate back to you guys. And that's where I come up with all these ideas. It's that I'm not just... I hear that kind of a thing from customers all the time. Stuff like, I went in and told the therapist, I injured my neck, I'm being treated by a physical therapist, I don't want you to work on my neck, I want you to work on this, 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 and this. And the therapist hounds on them throughout the whole session to let them work on their neck. She finally feels like, okay, and she does it and she screws up the neck and she's in the hospital the next day. I told her I didn't want her to do it and she... And I get those calls. So that's where I start to develop this idea of a therapist having their own agenda. Listen to what the customer tells you. Know, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't feel like we're pressuring them yeah. to us. Yeah. It feels like we're trying to help or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's we the hero. The hero thing. That, it's the hero. That's pressure. That's immediately part. when she was like, well, we're going to do full body, I was just like, I felt pressured immediately by my peer. You know, not yeah. even like therapist. Yeah. Like, I had that happen to me. Uh, therapist doesn't work. That doesn't work here anymore. But, you know, being a therapist and, and feeling my own body, I know exactly what works for me in, some, in a lot of spots. And I realized, you know, I'll let them do their thing. I was just, you know, it was like, yeah, I just want the pressure. I remember it was my low back was really tweaking up. I was like, okay, I really want this. I was like, you can just, you know, put your pressure, you know, right here, hold it. Like, I knew there were a couple of, even if it was only for five minutes, there was some specific techniques that I wanted that I know gave give me relief. And um, I was like, all right. And I, you know, as it was working, he was like, I said, okay, can you put pressure right here? You know, and he's like, hey, he's like, um, hey man, just let me do my thing or something like that. And I'm like, okay. And, and I mean, it was a, you know, a decent massage, but same thing. 
that Shelby was saying. I was like, I was so frustrated. Like, I walked out of that session, and I'm like, you know, yeah, there were definitely some good points to that session, but I'm never going to that therapist again. Because I'm not going to go into somebody again who's not going to listen to what I want. And you know what's, what's interesting? I want to go right back to kind of what you read to us, is that emotional connection that we all have been doing this for years and are physically exerting ourselves 50 minutes after 50 minutes after 50 minutes. So we know all the aches and pains that kind of go with it. And there's still no emotional connection to one another yeah. being in the field, yes. living it, feeling it. And I just don't understand that disconnect because I mean, I have, I really, I mean, and sometimes as you were reading that, I was just thinking of a referral that I just got, you know? And this older woman is, at the end of her, she's losing all hope in her ability to get better with her neck. And she's been getting so many treatments. She's done it all. And she verbalized the fact that she's at the verge of just giving up and just, this is my life. Like, I can't golf. I, you know, I'm older already and I'd like to enjoy my life now and really do the things that I enjoy. And I just feel like I can't do that. And that, that strikes the course, you know, in my heart. Like I think to myself, you're not, you're not even that old to be limited like that, you know? And so it's just like, how do, how do people, how do we in this industry not have that? So Ivan has that emotional connection with, with people that are hurting. Do you know how you got that? I was just gonna say, is that something you can yeah. teach? Yeah, yeah, well, you know how I got that? was, and I remember back when you were here almost every day in the office, and I mean, I was at the verge of quitting because I very fixed mindset, like I'm not doing well, like I need to go back to where I was doing well. And I decided not to do that, and then as I began doing the work, people started coming back and just hearing, wow, like it's so much better, and yeah, I went out there and I played volleyball, or I mean, just multiple, multiple, multiple people coming back in. And then them trusting in me so much so that they send a loved one, like, you come with, you know, really good reviews, or you're highly recommended by Dr. So-and-so, and I'm just like, when the first doctor hit me, I was like, holy shit, my name's getting out there like that. And so now there's a sense of accountability now that I have to perform because I'm no longer just letting that new customer down. I have the referral, the people that are referring to me's name on the line too. So there's an, a connection in all angles for me. It's not just giving the, the patient their life back, you know, their hobbies back, their work back. It's also from the angle of, of hey, go see this person. They will get you where you want. That connection is very important to me too, you know? And it's just hearing it back. It's miracle after miracle and just, like when I got so used to running the initial consultations and really getting down to whether or not people wanted this work or not, I stopped thinking about questions. I started really paying attention to the expression. The way they express their frustration of a certain nail, the pain that they had, and I'm looking at the body language and I'm, capturing the level of frustration or the emotional connection they have to their problem. And I'm picking up on that and I say things like, I can tell you're frustrated with that. And then I started realizing, well, I don't think anybody's talking to them like that. I don't think anybody's literally making a comment like that, like, man, I can, 
I can tell you're frustrated with this. And to me, that just transferred as, you know, this person, they're probably thinking of me like, wow, he's really listening. He's here, you know. He picked up on my body language. And so I just, now I'm just so connected, like I just have no distractions whatsoever. Because it's, it's powerful. It is so fulfilling to me to bring this to people. You were going to say something? I was going to say something. Um, yes. <laughs> but even like a step below that, <clears throat> I shared one time about I got a massage, had some shoulder pain, and this therapist has been here a while, taken the classes, was not on the muscles. Like the location was not there. She was fidgeting around, kind of like kind of hitting lap doing some like just searching, searching, searching. And you're never gonna see the, the change in somebody's life if you're not hitting the location, do you know what I mean? Because when I just elevated my practice here, it was, I started like nailing, I feel like pretty accurate, the muscles in the protocol, teres minor, teres major supraspinatus, infraspinatus, like those those muscles that people just swipe over, yeah. but like really sinking in and mm -hmm. having that effect and they're like, oh my god, I don't get that from very many people at all. They're like infraspinatus, they swoop, and they think I'm hitting infraspinatus or I'm hitting teres minor. Well, that shoulder's not going to get better 50%, 60% percent after one session, you know what I mean? So if you're not hitting the muscle properly, then you're not going to see that person go, oh my god, I saw you once and now I can pitch again. So then that emotional connection isn't yeah. going to happen. And yeah. you're just going to keep saying, well, I'm doing the protocols, I think, but I'm not seeing anything. So I think that's a, a big one is, okay. is the accuracy and the location. Okay. The other thing I, I, you didn't mention that, I, that I, I can't help but think is part of your emotional connection to this work is your own struggles with, with pain. Mm -hmm. To what degree does that come into it? Oh, it's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. Because you get back pain now and then, don't you? I do. Okay, so let's, yeah, back to my little thing I read to you. Can you see the power of having that emotional connection with what your clients are going through? I know, I know, I'm not sure you can teach it, but you can ask people to try and get it, okay? <clears throat> and it's, it's empathy, really, is what it is. It's empathy. It's trying to be empathetic to how your clients are being impacted. The other thing that it is, another, another piece to this is that I mentioned, how, how powerful was this thought to you guys? I mentioned that you have to be willing to undertake a therapeutic trial with a high level of uncertainty. Was that useful at all? Did you remember? Do you remember? Can you say that again? Willing to undertake a high level. Will, willing to undertake. In other words, you come to me with the problem. As a client. As a client. And I have to be willing. I don't know if I can help you. But I have, have to, be, to be I have to be, as a, as, a as a therapist, I have to be willing to undertake treatment with you and, and give, with me not knowing if I'll be able to help. That was a huge, I can't even mentioned that when you asked us. 
like that was probably the biggest one because it was like pressure. Yes. <laughs> off my. That's chest what I was like, hoping would happen. Yeah. And even just being able to explain that to the client without making yourself seem like you don't know what the hell you're doing. Right. Because <laughs> I feel like that's probably a hold up for a lot of therapists. But if you're able to just kind of explain that, let's try it. You know. Yeah. That's why I've relied so much over the years on this this issue of of a percentage. Okay. Saying, hey, we we have an eighty percent success rate with this condition. We have a 50%, we have a 70%, whatever, whatever my, my impression is, I'll share that with the client. And that's, I think it's so powerful. And I, I didn't teach that for 10 years. I've only been really talking about it the last three or four, five, three or four years. And if you don't know what it is, make something up and then call me. You know, to say, what, what's your impression of this or call I or whatever. Like borrow our experience with Yeah, borrow our, you can always say our experience is. You don't need to say, okay. Because then there's an implied understanding that if, if you have an 80% success rate, there's an, people aren't stupid. They know that, that means 20% of the time it's not going to work. But see, I'm so willing to do that. I'm so willing as a, as a therapist to engage in treatment with you, have you spend your money for, because see, here's the thing. I'm willing, but I also understand that you have to be willing. So I'm just throwing it out there, and I'm, I'm unattached to what you decide. Mm -hmm. I'm just giving you an option. Isn't that what you want your healthcare practitioners to do? Has it helped at all to start, remember I said it's thinking and then technical? There's mindset component too. Thinking and mindset are more important, I think, than the technical side of things, although you need the technical. But there's a thinking component. Was there, is there um, was it, was it helpful for any of you on the thinking side of this to start thinking of yourself more as a healthcare practitioner? Has that been helpful at all? Because I understand that some things are going to resonate with you, some things will resonate with you, and they won't with you, or they will with you, and they won't, you know. So it's not going to be, it's not just like I have this, that everybody's going to be, have the same things going on, but was that helpful for anybody? That's kind of the not thinking like a therapist. I feel that time that mindset for me too. It's a mindset. It's a mindset of it's seeing yourself differently. It's seeing yourself differently. Back to this person that you talked to, because I think I'm gonna I'm gonna really ponder that. Uh, you know, I do my own work and I'm more of a nurturer. Um, <clears throat> see, they're in essence because see sometimes this stuff doesn't resolve with yeah. it just that's not what again that's one of the big insights that I had early on in my in my work is that I learned that the more intense I got with people man I could, I'm getting I could, some results here I could give you a list of clients that I see that are like I used to just get a relaxation or right. Swedish, and one time I got a deep tissue, and I could never not get okay. a deep tissue again. This is the big part of that last part of what I read to you, that where I said Steve Jobs, and you know, yeah. another part of an emotional connection is being willing to give to clients 
but they don't even know that they want. Remember, and, and, what, what I, and this is how I learned this, is with things like headache. That was a real common one for me, is that people would rarely come in and ask for me to help with their headaches. But I had this whole headache practice because I knew that it was effective, and I would ask people, if I see tightness up in this area, I'd say, do you get headaches? They'd go, yeah. I'd say, how, what's my next question? What's my next question when they say, I get headaches? How often? Why? You want to know if it's a problem? I wonder if it's a problem. I don't know how high of an urgency it is for them. If they tell me they get headaches once a month, end of discussion. I just keep working. Yeah. If they tell me they get headaches, honestly, if they get headaches once a week, I don't even offer them anything. Because it's not a big enough problem for them to undertake. It's not a big yeah. problem in their life. But they tell me they get headaches every day or three or four times a week. Then I say to them, if you're interested, we have about an 80% to 90% success rate with these kind of headaches. It takes about three, four, five treatments, and it's amazing. I'm amazed at how well you do. So if you want to get some treatment, just let me know. Oh, are you kidding me? If you can help me, I will love you forever. Okay, well, let's, okay, today's the first, we're going to get going today. I gave you, I, I, this is kind of a good news, that's what I'm working on, right? I said, this is kind of a good news, bad news thing. The good news is that this is very effective. The bad news is that it hurts like crazy, and you're going to hate me, and it's going to be sore the next day. Now, I might even give you a headache today. But it doesn't have, I use it, that only happens about one out of ten people. If you're one of the ones that I trigger headed with, it'll go away, it'll be fine by tomorrow. So don't hate me and don't, you know, don't be afraid of coming back because even if you get a headache from today's treatment, almost never do you get a headache from the second. Now I'm working on it the whole time I'm talking, I'm working on it the whole time. Almost never will you get a headache the second time. So don't, don't be afraid. The other thing is that um, you're going to have some soreness tomorrow from this. And uh, might even last for two days. So we'll, we'll schedule you out for the third day, for three days from now to get the second treatment. And they come back and they haven't had a headaches. I say, I give them the 80 to 90% thing, but, but it's even better than that. And they come back, it's very rare to have somebody come back and not say, I haven't had a headache since, I had a headache in three days. It's like amazing. So, see, I'm giving somebody. I'm giving somebody a solution for a problem they didn't even know they had, see? And that's where the magic is, guys. Doug, Doug, Doug said the comment the first three hours block that we had. Do you remember what you said? Doug said, I don't get that many therapeutic people asking for therapeutic work. And my comment to you was that all your customers have these issues. You're just not helping them solve problems that they don't even know they have. And when you really get this, you'll be finding stuff. And you'll go, you'll find some stuff in the leg area or the head of the finger. Do you get knee pain? Oh yeah, all the time. I can't hike anymore. I used to, you know, oh, we can, we can. This is this is what it, this is what it is right here. People will come to with all kinds of stuff that they didn't know that they had. Knee, knee and feet and leg and this and that and that. and you'll find stuff and you'll say, you know, when you find stuff, you ask people about it and they'll, yeah. Or they just told me they wanted massage, but. They, they have carpal tunnel. They, they, you know, they're not sleeping with back pain. They have neck pain. They, they have a they have pain from a car accident that whiplash they had ten years ago. They've never ever been without neck pain. These people are all throughout your practice. You just have to identify it and offer them a solution and let them decide. So that's what that's the part about um, offering them solutions to things they didn't even know they had. Henry Ford. I asked people what they wanted. They said faster horses. You know, Stephen Jobs said, "We don't we don't design by committee here. We don't design by focus group. P 
People don't know what they want until you show it to them. You'll have a huge practice if you understand this, and then you offer them, offer people solutions. And, and you don't have to, you don't have to spend these hours. Has it helped at all to, has it taken pressure off too to know that, that for just about any condition, you'll need to really work on it for five to 10 minutes? Yeah. You know, with, with the deep, deep level work, has that been helpful? Because that's all stuff that I don't think we were clear about in, in a lot of our classes, you know. I had a client, she was a brand new client, I'd never been here before. Um, wanted to do the entire hour on the hip, you know, front, you know, back, all that. So we did, and she was just, she basically said, she's like, I came in here because I just want you to fix that. I was like, all right, so you want the whole hour just on that area? Or She's like, yep. She's like, I just want to fix it. It's been bugging me for four months. I haven't worked out. Um, I mean, she was laughing, you know, she's like, sorry, I laugh when I'm in pain, and um, but I, I mean, I told her, I was just like, you know, if this has been going on for four months, you know, you're probably going to need a few treatments over the next couple of weeks in order to make a difference. I said, but see how you feel after a couple of days. I said, you're going to be sore, you know, and always give them a percentage. We, we can get rid of 70% um, of these problems, even if you had to let them know what their, what their chances are of resolving. Don't but just say, you say. I guess the reason why I brought it up was when you say you only need 10 or 15 minutes. Only I was one. able to use that whole hour okay. and kept, you know, I Good. mean, I did psoas release, iliacus, you know, QL, glutes, piriformis. Um, okay. Good. Thank you, Doug. Thank you for, thank you for clarifying. Thank you for asking for clarification. Let me, let me clarify. What I wanted you to, to, to know is that if somebody comes in and says, you know, I've got this, or this, or this, or this, or this, or this, if you could help me with that, I would love you forever. And then if I, and you could say, okay, well, we can spend, you know, your, your TMJ or your, your neck, we can spend, I can do a lot of good with, I'll do 15 minutes of really focused work on that. It's really intense, and you're going to probably hate me while I'm doing it. And then we'll, we can do some other stuff if you'd like. Oh, that'd be great. So they've given you kind of a license to, they still wanted some massage work. And, and I was going to say, too, most people that end up doing the therapeutic work really well, think Beth here, think um, Alec in, in San Antonio, okay? They do really good therapeutic level work. Those people generally don't do regular massage. I find that the people that do do the therapeutic level work, they, they end up liking it and they and they end up just like you know, really, really working on that and making that their practice. But Ivan's unique in that he he's one of the few people that does both. And I think it's to your advantage to do both, okay? Because that's what your customers quite frankly want. Beth will tell you all day long, her, client, her patients are going to other people to get regular massage. And they would love to go to her to get it if she would just do it. So, and it's harder on your body to do the deeper stuff. So why not intersperse it with other stuff, okay? So I think it makes a lot of sense to be willing to do that and know that I only need 15 minutes out of the session to work your neck, to work your TMD, to work. So that it's just if you want that as an option. Yeah, you can certainly spend the whole hour 
I would also always encourage you, Doug, if you're not doing it, if it's a right hip, to always do their left hip as part of it, okay? Because that's part of the neurological back into the brain. So tell them, I need to check your other side, even though it doesn't seem like it should, but they're connected back in your brain, you know? And just, so okay. always, always at least do, check the other side and see what it's, what's involved with that. But, but no, there's nothing wrong with spending a whole hour if you, if you have an hour to do because you don't have to be real intense for that whole hour. You can do you know, your deep tissue work on the quads and the hamstrings and so as and stuff like that. So does that help clarify a little? It's just if you, if you, it's if, it's if you only want, hour it's, you don't have to do an hour of super deep work. You can do it and you, you can do it in only 15 minutes. I'm just, I'm saying you have flexibility is all. It gives you flexibility to know that it doesn't have to be an hour, that's all. So these are these are some of the insights that I shared with you on our first at our first session. I, and we've talked about it today. Stop thinking like a massage therapist. Massage therapists don't do therapeutic work, right? They massage. Stop thinking like a massage. You're becoming a myofascial therapist. Uh, be willing to be uncomfortable. We've talked about that today. Being willing to undertake a therapeutic session, not knowing if I'm going to help somebody or not. Therma therapists must get work themselves. You're going to learn a lot by getting work. But I wanted you guys to, I wanted you to have an emotional experience. Going in and asking for something and having somebody do a lot nice, telling them, I'm here to have you fix a problem. Would you help me with this problem? And then have them give you a nice massage and send you, hand you a glass of water. I wanted you to have that experience. I thought that, again, it's just my own thoughts. I don't know whether it would have helped or not. I still have that uh, experience with my shoulder, for sure. I felt you like had that I, before? With these two that I had, I felt that I had that experience with my shoulder. Okay. I felt that there's more that they could have done, and that it's not that it was out of complacency. I just feel like they didn't dig deep enough for the information that could have helped them decide what level Did they, they Let me ask to. you this. Did they ask you the three questions? No, they asked. Now, if there's nothing else, guys, if there's nothing else that you guys get from this, if you did nothing more than this, never, ever, ever go into a therapeutic session without asking those questions. Why would you ever? Why would you? You need to know. And you don't know what you're yeah. You wouldn't, if you forget, the minute you realize it, you say, oh, by the way, how long have you had this problem? Oh, it just came on yesterday. <laughs> Oops. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, does it keep you from doing anything, your work, your sleep, your activities? No, nothing. <sighs> and when you do ask that third question, is this what you want me to work on? I said, this is another way to do it. Remember, I'm giving you guys these bullet points. You have to figure out how to make them work yourself. How long have you had to have it? What does it keep you from doing? Is this what you want me to work on today? The best way to ask that number three is, look, just so I'm on track here, are you here for a, like a massage and then kind of some extra work? Are you here for me to fix this and then a massage is, you know, I want to make sure I do what you want. Say something like that. Are you here for a massage or are you here to fix this thing? Because if I fix it, it's not going to be a massage. You can tell them that. Or we can fix, we can do part of the session, we can work to fix it, that's gonna be kind of intense, and then we can go into the massage mode for half the session and, and do some legs and some nice stuff. Give, you know, what would you like? I just want you to fix, the, spend the whole time right there. Okay, that's fine, we'll do that. 
So that's, I mean, if we did not, if we accomplished nothing else over these nine hours, if you guys would just do that, it would change your practice. Okay, so stop thinking like a therapist. Be willing to be uncomfortable. Therapists make, must get work themselves. It's going to teach you guys a lot. See yourselves as a healthcare provider. We talked about that. You only need 10 to 15 minutes to do therapeutic work if that's all you have. We talked about that. The next one, we haven't really talked so much about. These were major ins These are under the category of major insights. You must find the problem. Has that been helpful for anyone? Because this, this was that thing that I shared with you that I was lying on the table, and they did their nice massage with me on my low back and sent me on my way. They never, ever found the problem. They never found the problem. Remember, when someone comes to you with any kind of a problem, you need, your job is to go in as a myofascial therapist and find out is there myofascial tissue as part of this pain pattern? Or is it something else? Just about any other condition, I mean, I'm sorry, just about any condition that we would normally have good results with. Headaches. It can be a brain aneurysm. It can be, it can be a brain tumor, right? Um, shoulder problems. There are problems related, we talked about the glenoid labrum today. Um, certainly back problems can be disc herniation that can be causing that are not going to respond to any of their soft tissue work. Okay? Every condition that we could work on, knee problems, can be a meniscus or collateral ligament that's not going to respond to all the muscle work in the world. So every condition that we would normally have really good results with have other causative factors that we're not going to have success with. So we don't want to go in and just say, Back pain? Oh, I'm going to kill this. I get 80% success rate with back pain. Yeah, I get 80% success rate with back pain. But you might be in the 20%. And I'm going to be able to tell to some degree of accuracy, not 100%, but with pretty good accuracy. Back pain is a little, all these things are a little, can throw you. Because a labrum can cause muscle soreness and stuff. A disc can cause muscle soreness and stuff. So just because there's muscle soreness doesn't mean I'm going to fix the problem, but, but at least I have something to work on. Yeah. Right. Okay. With the muscle soreness, with the muscle getting better, well, that'll, that'll alleviate some of that pain, but at what percentage do you say that's going to be, you know, go get checked out or not Sorry. to be... I want to answer your question, but I don't understand. Um, with you saying, like, you know, we get to somebody they got like a labrum tear, and we get them so far, and like you said, we can get an 80% request rate. Let's say they only get 30 because it's just muscle, like tender and soreness, and that's kind of making it feel better. At what point, I guess, do we kind of stop or we send them okay. out? Okay, good. When we've, we've, we've covered, we've talked about this. Okay. So this is improvement. So this would be like 100%, like this is bad. This is like super bad. Super bad. Okay, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna start. If it starts out super bad, it's gonna start improving hopefully with treatment. Yeah. But at some point, it's going to, it's going to plateau, yeah. or it's gonna go back to baseline. So that these are the, so these are the, these are the possibilities. It could keep going, at some, and then do something, you know, at some point. So, so number one. Number two, plateau. Number three, go back to baseline. 
Well, so probably at three, I'd probably tell them to go see somebody else. So that well, well, no, no. Well, it would be, yeah, either if it went, if it, if it went back, this is really, we're in, a, we're in a whole different, we're down a whole rabbit hole here. But that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. This is an important, this is important for you to have confidence in your treatment. So this is an appropriate topic, but it is a whole topic into itself. Here's the basic premise, okay? Myofascial work, if it's a myo, okay. If it's a myofascial problem, then myofascial work will start improving the situation almost immediately, okay? It's, this is where, and you'll remember, all the, I have, we've had long discussions on this before, Remember the same graph. I've told you that we're not going to go along. This is time down here. We're not going to go along, go along, go along, or number of treatments. We're not going to go along, go along, go along, go along. 40th treatment. Oh my goodness, I'm better. Right. That's not the way it works. That's how surgery works, right? Mm -hmm. You're horrible, horrible, horrible. You do the surgery. I'm better. You know, next, next day, the next week, all of a sudden, boom, we're better. Surgery is like bad today, better tomorrow. If you had a, if you had a, a an appendicitis, you're horrible. Doctor goes in and takes it out. I'm better. Right. You know that's how surgery works. It's not how myofascial stuff works. Myofascial, it's incrementally better every single, you know, almost every two. Now, it will do. To be more truthful, it doesn't usually do this. It kind of does this. Yes. So what you're looking for, and this is what I started to say, what you're looking for is overall general improvement from the day that we first started. Okay. So as long as on that second visit you've got improvement. No. 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 You're looking at. I'm not worried until after the third treatment. So I'm willing to go to the fourth treatment, and then I'm going to start making a judgment call. So, because think about it. It depends on how far apart the treatments are, but because that can be a problem too. If the treatments are too far apart, then now we're starting over every time. You never come back. You're perfect to a week, and you're on the fourth. Yeah, yeah. So two a week is is really good, and now it's the fourth. So. Think, so let's let's go with that scenario. Two week, one on the fourth. So think about that first treatment. They can be really sore, depending on how they responded. They can be sore even on the second treatment. You're going to have a sense of it. So on the second treatment, no real improvement. Third, I'm starting to get worried on the third, but I'm not going to give up yet. Okay, because it's worth it. Fourth treatment. If it's not, if we haven't had any real significant improvement, significant for me is maybe 20%. That's significant. I'm not looking for 80% improvement on the fourth visit. 20% improvement. Remember, it all based, it's all based on how long this. There's a lot of things that go into the equation. This is like a this is like a calculus equation. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of factors involved here. One of them is how serious the injury was in the first place. Another one is the actual structure involved. Some things take longer than others, okay? And we'll get to that in a second. 
third thing is how long it's been. Why the length of time that they've had it means it's going to take longer to treat why? It's so imprinted. It's a perfect word. It's it, it's into the motor pattern, and it's going to be more difficult for the body to unlearn that pattern. So it could take. Um, in the story, I, um, and, and then going back to number two. I was going to say number two. Going back to number two, um, the structure involved. You all heard me tell the story. This is the story of the medical doctor sitting out in the waiting room that I say, I forget his first name, I can see his face. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, George? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 right here. So I started doing a little vowel with him, and anyway, he got within a minute or so, I said, well, go, put your head back like that. He goes, oh, he, I mean, this is how far he went. He went like one, one inch, like this, and it's like, oh. And got to serve this kind of mm -hmm. We need to get you an MRI. Have you had an MRI? No. He's a medical doctor from Mexico. He knew what he should be doing. I said, well, he said, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go the medical route. I just don't want to do that. Okay, well, we'll work on it, but this may not have a very good outcome. Mm -hmm. That was in January. I worked on him twice a week until June. Wow. And he was, it resolved. We started toward the last month, the last six weeks, we were seeing like once a week. And he, by June, July, he was he was totally better. I saw him I saw him a year or two later, and he was still doing well. But it took six months of twice a week, basically. Wow. That's an example of. It depends on the structure involved. Mm. Discs, if they're going to respond and, and heal, they they're going to take a while. Now, was that with chiropractic too, though? Like, mm. or was um, that just yeah, there was chiropractic involved. Saying, now, okay, I want you to understand. Yes, this is important for you. Think, what are we doing? So somebody walks into you and says, I've got a disc herniation. My medical doctor says I've got a disc herniation. I've got a big disc bulge. I've got saw an MRI. And he wants to do surgery. Can you help me? I can't move my arm. What do you say to him? What is the last part you said? They want to do, my, if the pain's going down my arm, uh, can you help me? Can I, can, would you, could, will you work on me? Can you help me? Can you fix me? We can try. We can try. So let's just say you do, and we have a scenario like what I described to you with this gentleman from Mexico. If you indeed had success, did you in, did your treatments impact that disc herniation? It's important if you guys understand this. If it's going to success, yes. If it was a success. Okay, this is important for you guys to have this mental image of what you're doing. The answer, in my opinion, would be no. You're hitting the soft tissue. Would be no. That I didn't have anything to, I did not impact the disc with my treatments. Oh, the disc. Okay. okay. Hold on, I'm confused. If someone came in. Cervical disc herniation. Uh -huh. It's documented on MRI. Okay. And they're dying, the doctor wants to do surgery. My, my friend says, you're amazing, can you, can you help me? And you treated them, and it was a success. And you treated them, and six months later, there was no pain, no problem. Okay. And, and it seemed like it, it so resolved. So we, we didn't affect the my, disc. My question for you was, did you succeed with this client by, by helping their disc? Did you impact the disc? Not no. the disc. Not the disc, no. I guess, but I, would, this, I, get, I just want you to get this. I think it's important. 
what you did was you worked on all the associated stuff around it, and you allowed the disc, you allowed a, a condition in which the disc could, the body heals. If you twist an ankle, and, and then over time, the body heals. You're just trying to facilitate an environment that will allow everything to normalize and create a condition where the body can get better and give it the body time to heal. You're facilitating the healing environment. You're create, creating an environment. You're helping to work out all the, because remember, whenever you have an injury, there's very often, like 90% of the time, there's associated stuff that goes on. When you have that, that whiplash injury, or you, you know, it's not just that issue, it's associated, the labor thing we talked about. One of my clients had a, or clients in the therapist here, a great way of explaining that, was like, if your neighbor's listening to loud music, you're listening to it. So it's like, it starts at one spot, and the other muscles are listening to that same music. Too. I love it. And I, I was it. like, oh my god, that clicked. I love it, I love it. <laughs> it's good. You tweak it, and this is, this is something, let's go back to this really quick. This has happened to me many, many, many times. Someone comes in with low back pain. Can you help me? I don't know, let's try it. I'm at 80% success rate. Face down, oh yeah, that's sore, that's sore, that's sore, turn on your side, that's sore, that's, oh yeah, I think we can, I think we can do this. A lot of stuff here, I think we can do. A couple, two or three times a week, Next two or three weeks, eight or eight, you know, seven to ten treatments, we should be good to go. They come back in <clears throat> next time. Uh, this might be a little better. I've got all kinds of different scenarios here. The one that I did not draw was this one. Mm -hmm. Okay, they keep going back to baseline. That's that's the this is the hardest in my opinion because people will tell you that they're a little better. How do you do it for the last two? I'm, I'm better. I'm better. People generally want to please you and get better. Okay, they don't want to tell you they're doing the same. They're not getting better. Not, it's 80-20, guys. 80-20. 20% of the people are very happy to tell you they're not getting better. But 80% of the people want to please you and tell you, yeah, you're, you're doing a good job. They don't want you to get discouraged. Okay. So these are hard because people will focus on the peaks here. But then you have to say, it's been now eight treatments. I, I need you, to, Doug, just for a second here, I need you to, to, to get clear in your mind about where you were when you started. From where you started with me, has there been any net improvement over these two months? Are you, are you, are, are you pretty much where you were? Pretty much where we were. See? That's where you have to, well, we're probably not going to make a difference then. Yeah. Okay? Now, now, having this, there's, there's so much to this. Um, the client, you don't necessarily drop the client here. You don't necessarily drop this client, but you put it onto them. You, because see, they, it may be worth it to stay in that to, to get these peaks. Otherwise, they're just they're just here all the yes. time. Okay, they have to decide that, not you. So here's here's what you say. It looks like we're not going to make any. Depends on where they are in the treatment process. If you're the first person they come to, then they probably should go somewhere and see if somebody else 
can, can help them in a better way. Mm -hmm. But if you're the last person, and they've been working on it for two or three years, they've been to 14 other practitioners, then nobody's got, you know, the doctors haven't got anything for them, the surgeons haven't got anything for them, the physical therapists haven't got anything for them, the pain management people haven't got anything for them. You're able to give them a little bit of relief, they might feel like it's worth it. So you see, there's so much involved in this stuff. Go ahead. Back like one topic because I was gonna challenge oh, you. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So you said about the disc. Yeah. And we don't affect the disc. Okay. We kind of help the body be in a place to facilitate yeah. itself. Okay. So you were saying no, our work did not affect the problem, yeah. and okay. I said yes, it did. Okay. So what you're saying basically is, because I still want to say yes, our work affected maybe the symptoms, but it at least kept them in a place. So like, I guess essentially we don't know. Let me just share with you my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> the reason I'm saying no, we didn't affect the disc is because I can't touch the disc. Right. I can't go in. I can touch a tendon and muscle. I can say, yeah, I affected that. So if something's healed that I didn't touch. But we at least kept the body in a place where it could heal. Like right. massage activates the body's natural ability to heal itself. Mm -hmm. Right. So right. like we did that. Right. Like, um, Activated the body's natural ability to heal itself. You're saying indirectly it affected the Right, we didn't. And, I say, and I'm saying to you, that's kind of the point I'm making, Rochelle. That's the point I'm wanting you to get. I want you to get deep down that we are facilitators. We don't heal the body, the body heals itself, self-relation. We facilitate. And it's, it's especially it's a big mind shift because I think a lot of people are like, we are healers. And it's it's when I'm working when I'm working on carpet tunnel, and I'm working here, that's true. But it's even more true when something happens far removed where I'm working a disc that I can't get to. So so I was just making the comment that I wanted you to I didn't certainly didn't want to create any dissidence. But I wanted you to understand that you can have a powerful impact on the body by just giving it time to heal. Without and, 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 and taking all the extraneous stuff away so that the person feels like they're comfortable and they can survive. This doctor, I didn't tell you this part of it, I have in other discussions, but he said if you, if you would cut my arm off right now. If someone would offer to cut my arm off, I would let them. Dang. That's how bad it was. He said, I've heard that before by people. These cervical discs that go in the arm are just, they're like a flipping tooth thing in your arm that just will not go away. And nothing, no medicine uh, uh, doesn't, helps. It's just devastating. I, I got plantar fasciitis once, but I was already here, thank God, because I wanted to chop my heel off. And luckily, I knew that we treated that. Yeah. And I got like four sessions on it. I only yeah. had it for like two weeks. That's awesome. But I was like banging my heel on so, the floor. And, like, could not. So, that's an experience that you can use that's to emotionally connect with people in terms of having problems. What if, what if you went to someone, you, let's just say you worked for. And, and uh, your friend said, you got a heel problem? Go see my friend Doug. He'll help you. And you go into Doug, you tell him your story. And Doug, 
that takes you here. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, let's, let's just do a little massage on that baby. <laughs> oh, yes, we're going to do a full hour on this puppy. Oh, there you go. There's your water. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's like I didn't. I should. I should have picked a big fishing person. I want to pick that's a, right. That's, what, that's exactly what I would have done. So. <laughs> so, so, so I want you to just, you know, I mean, I'm assuming it hurt when they worked on it. Yeah. So I had a guy. Yes, it did hurt very much. Yeah. I had a guy who came into me. It wasn't his main problem, but he mentioned like a plantar fasciitis, and I was like, tell me about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Dad, yeah, well, I just live with it. I've, it's been like eight years. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. Dr. Shul, I couldn't believe that he had a foot still for after yeah. eight years. He's yeah. like, I've done all the insoles, and I do stretching, and I do this and that. And he's like, it's just I live with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, he puts my name out. I get a lot of people, yeah. like Michael Sawyer. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, so yes, that emotional Guys, connection. that's what I'm telling you. Uh, if you do this stuff, that's what that's what I started out this class by saying. If you will do this, you are going to be alone in this world because nobody's doing it. You know the business that we have at O'Kaven. You know what we've been doing for all these years. And now you know that nobody's doing this work, no matter how hard we've tried, what are the chances that somebody's going to be doing it tomorrow? Not very high. I, I just think, now, now here's the thing with, with me. As I've started to play with this and understand the dynamic that I'm involved with here and this, the, 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 the reality of the situation, I have become more and more committed to this, to, to, to uh, finding people that want to do this work and helping them to do it. Now, I, I'm not going to lie, it's discouraging to me. It's discouraging me that I can't make progress. I feel like I should be able to, to share these, these insights, especially these, these newer insights. And, I just feel like I should be able to just open up this world and you guys should just be like sponges and I should come back and say, what's changing? And you guys would tell me, oh man, I'm asking everybody now before I go into the therapeutic mode, you know, the three questions. And, 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 I, and this week I had like three new people that I never would have asked before, but I did. And we went into the therapeutic mode and man, they're already sending me referrals. And, you know, it's like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Go ahead. I might be, not be saying that to you when we're in class like this, but like from starting to work here till today, it's not anything that now I'm doing, but like by taking class, by mentoring, by reading your book, listening to you, like the past 18 months, all of that, like my communication, like all that stuff, yes. Okay. But just in the past, like, oh, since we've been doing yeah. this class, I'm yeah. like, there's a couple yeah. mind shifts, okay. but like that stuff is being implemented. Well, I would, I would ask you guys, as part of this project that I'm on, to be aware of when there are things that impact you. Because I need to know what's impacting you and what isn't. And, and what, it's going to be different, so it's okay. You know, it's, anyway, I'm, I'm really getting clear that this is something that I want to do. You know, that I really, wanna, I really want 
you guys know that I'm I'm very much emotionally connected with this work. You must find the problem. That was the last thing. You must find the problem. Got to find the problem. If somebody has, a, if somebody tells you that they have an issue, find out if you're going to go in the therapeutic mode with them. How do you do that? The questions. Ask the three questions, and then make a decision to go into the therapeutic mode. If you decide to go into the therapeutic mode, then you want to know. Is there something I, that I can work on here? Is there something that would justify me telling them to come back for a few sessions and let's see if we can fix this? And I don't know that till I go and I look, I go through the protocol and see, are there, are there, is there myofascial stuff involved in this? If there's not, well then I don't have anything to work on. Yeah, I'm not finding anything. Maybe you should go see your doctor and see what they say. Do an MRI. I'm not finding a lot of muscle myofascial involvement here. That won't happen to you that often. Most of the time you'll be tricked by it because it'll be a non-myofascial primary problem, a labrum tear, a disc, right, you know, whatever. And, and, and yet it'll, it'll have triggered a lot of myofascial stuff that you think you can work on, but ultimately it doesn't, it doesn't pan out, okay? But, but to make sure I answered the, the question, if it goes past about three or four sessions with no improvement, that's when I'm willing to, to either, either send them somewhere else or try something different. And often, if I have something, um, let me give you an example of trying something different. Yeah. So if they plateau, it's, it's really the same, it's really the same thing. It's, if, it, if it goes, anytime it goes three, four, five sessions with no improvement, that's a plateau. And what's probably gonna happen is it's gonna probably, you know, do this again. So it's three, four, five treatments, somewhere in there, I'm willing to go before I'm willing to call it. Again, I would either call it quits or I would try something different, okay? I'm usually trying something different at about third treatment, the third, second to third treatment, and it doesn't work. Um, yes, I, I encourage my clients for sure to come back and tell me like the progress and stuff, mm -hmm. and I'll even tell them like, the reason I wanna know is because if we're not making progress, Primary muscles, we'll get some secondary mm -hmm. ones, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so does that help, Jill? Yes, no, that helped. I think I kind of got where I was going with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's what that point it's, it's you have to put yourself in that position where, like, hey, listen, it doesn't seem like we're making any more progress. I hate to keep stringing you along if kind of thing. Yeah, I kind of say very close to what Shelby said. You know, that was kind of, I probably shouldn't say this, but for my part, it's fun because I get to start kind of problem solving a little bit further than. Okay. Remember, I said I'd either cut them loose, send them somewhere else, or try something different. Let me. Get, I was trying to think of an example of that. I think of two examples. One would be carpal tunnel. Let's just say that I'm really working carpal tunnel here. I do three or four sessions, and we're not really making progress. Carpal tunnel is slower, so I'd wait till about six before I'm ready to throw in the towel. Let's say I've got six sessions, and nothing really happening. For some reason. Um, Say, well, you know what? Let me let me work more neck. I would never do. That's not a really good example. I would never work carpal tunnel. That work of the neck. But then I might go up and yeah. do do more neck stuff and see if that made it. Or another example, maybe a better example, is low back. I do the whole low back protocol. What we just went over earlier today, right? I do that three or four times, and we're not making any progress. Rather than cut it loose, I might say, let's do a couple. And I might go into the legs. Start working. Start looking the whole way that the leg is impacting the pelvis. We might do two or three sessions with that to see if that's able to shake something up, and often it will. So that's an example of, I'm either gonna try, I'm not gonna do, 
I'm not going to continue to do the same thing for more than about three or four sessions before I either cut them loose or, or, or change my treatment and see if it's something else. That kind of ties into finding the problem. Yes. Because if you're not finding the problem with the hip and the hip, like... But well, even then, it's tricky well, because you could have found the problem, but yeah. it only got you so far. Right. Well, and you have to also branch well, out. Hold, well, hold on, hold on. I don't know that it relates to that. I'll tell you why. I'm only working on the low back for those four treatments because I found something to work on there. So I'm saying that you could work, be working, 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 thinking you found the myofascial components of it, and yet it's not responding. So what that tells you is that I haven't found the problem. Right. So you have to Oh, there you go. You didn't say it. Good. See, I just proved you right. Okay. <laughs> like I was saying, you're exactly Shelby like, that like, recorded. He did. like I was saying, Shelby, you're exactly right. <laughs> yes. Well, oh, okay, so you, you find the problem, you find the problem, and then you communicate to the client that we found the problem, because okay, they need to know that. Another insight, there will be talking during the therapeutic session. Is it, has that changed for anybody? Is that healthy muscle should not be sore, and tell them what it will take to treat the, treat the problem, fix the problem, meaning the treatment program. Has anybody had anything? Anything interesting with the treatment I think program? Still, my hardest, or like my biggest. I know logically. I just I don't know why. I'm tell me, tell me what component of the treatment program is there? A component of it that you feel is difficult for you? I. Because in, in many respects, it should be the easiest. You know. Talking about it and everything, um, I don't have a problem with. But when I tell the client, um, you know, once the soreness goes away, come back, or a couple days, or even a week, and I see that look on their face, like almost that cringe, okay. and I assume they're thinking maybe financially, or okay. it's okay. like, the, you know, and I'm just like, ugh. Oh. Okay. I, I had a super, super insight on this topic, and I, don't, I even wrote it down. Okay. I'm going to share with you guys something that I've never taught before that's very powerful in this area. And it's something, it's like a lot of things. I was doing it all these years, and I didn't realize it, but I was doing it so I could share it with you guys. Because I, I share with you everything I can think of. But I just, sometimes I don't think of it. And I was listening, who was I listening to? I'll, maybe I'll think of it later, but I was listening to somebody, and they talked about pre-framing. So you know, we talk about reframing. When you reframe something, you put a different frame around it, you put a different context around it. The person said pre-framing, pre-framing, different than reframing. Pre-framing is getting the person ready for it. And I realized I do this all day long in practice. Okay, so let me give you an example. You have talked about this, like always talking about the next session. Is that yes. what you want to do? Yes, that's pre-framing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, okay, Doug. So, so I've already, I've already, I've already gone through the intake with Doug. He's told me he wants me to help him with the problem. I asked the three questions. He's, yes, he's had it for a long time. It's impacted his life. He wants me to work on it. And he's going to let me work on it. He said, just spend the whole time on my neck. Okay? He had an auto accident a year ago. So I'm working on his neck. He's not going to be falling asleep while I'm working on his neck. So I can tell him things like, yeah, Doug, these neck issues, um, 
you know, your body kind of locks in these patterns. And it, that's why, you know, most of the time when we injure something, it goes away. But every now and then, you injure something and the body locks it in as a pattern, as a, as a motor pattern, and it won't let go of it. So we have to kind of coax it out of that pattern. And to do that... Can you keep doing this for the rest of the yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to do that, it usually takes... Well, see, the, it, interestingly enough, you can imagine, the longer that we've been doing something, the more difficult it is to unlearn it. Um, in fact, a lot of people, a lot of people will say that they'd much rather teach a, a kid tennis that has never played tennis how to serve and do all those things because if they've already started, they've learned bad habits. That you know that makes it more difficult. So it's difficult to unlearn stuff. So when your neck gets tight like this and it's been there for you know the year that yours has been there, it takes longer than if it just happened last week. So you know, things like this will often take, you know, anywhere from three to six sessions, sometimes as many as eight or nine, to, to resolve, you know. So, you know, I'm talking to them, I'm telling them about the problem. At the end of the discussion, I'm not bombing him with... You've already take, told them. See what I'm saying? That's pre-framing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. But I think... Uh, Thank you. Maybe I don't talk enough about the importance of coming in almost immediately, you know what I mean? Like not waiting a month or three to six weeks, because I think... Well, you don't really have a choice on that. You right. can get them when you get them. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, I pre-frame, and then when I say, you know, like five days or three days or as soon as the soreness is gone, so we can work at the same pressure, it's just like, I feel like they... I like see you too much. Okay, don't, don't, I, I feel like you might be missing my point here. Okay. My point is, don't wait till the end of the treatment to, to, to drop it on what, 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 what it's going to take. Be helping them understand their condition along the way so that there's no surprise at the end when you say, this is, you know, we're, we're looking at four or five treatments over a period. And I even tell them, you know, I, I could be working on him. Remember, because I might be working on him and saying, yeah, if we just treated you once every three weeks, we wouldn't make any more progress, you know. So he knows, he knows that. So I've pre-framed it. I've pre-talked about these things so that at the end, there's, I've really, I really, and I've never taught it before. I guess, I guess, I talked about it in some context, but not in this context. I, I did talk about how we're always talking about the next treatment. But that's slightly different, and that is, I'm always talking about what we're going to do next time. That's one thing. But I never really realized the degree to which I pre-framed all the, the whole treatment process with people to where at the end of the thing, you know, I just say, well, yeah, we need, we need a couple weeks. what was going on with their body in a way that they understood. A lot of people don't explain it to people. Yeah. They just don't know why it hurts or why it's still hurting yeah. six yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you're building rapport with them too yeah. to make them want to come back to you. Yeah, and to help them understand that I'm making my recommendation based on how long you've had the problem. And then another discussion might be this guy with the uh, this guy with the, the cervical disc problem with the arm. Now he was a medical doctor, so he knew the physiology of everything. But I mean, if it was if it was a you know a stockbroker or something, I might explain to him, hey, this this is you got a cervical disc herniation here. These are very slow healing tissues. We're going to make very slow progress. If we make any progress, this may not work. We've got a, I'm gonna, you know, we've got a, like a 40% chance of this working. If, if you're okay with that, we'll do a few treatments on it. If you're not, you know, go see, uh, you know, go, go, go get an MRI. 
then they can see a surgeon, see what they think, because surgery potentially can be very effective for these. I don't scare people with surgery. I think I've seen most surgeries go, you know, 95% of surgeries go very, very, very well. Um, I wouldn't hesitate to have surgery myself if I, if I needed it. So I never scare people with that. I always mention it as options. But, uh, I mean, if you're dead set not to get surgery, then we'll be happy to treat it for a few right try, Give it a try and see what we can do. But I let them know. Oftentimes, I find myself slightly different, but it's, it's interesting that I'm hearing you talk about this. I don't think you've ever really talked about it like that. But, you know, I make it very clear that today is a general evaluation so that it cuts the whole expectation of today he's going to fix it. Today I'm just going to check a few structures and see if we can even help you with this. Boom. I'll lay it out like that. Yeah. And then I'll kind of, as I talk That's about... That's a pre-frame, if you think about it. Right. They're pre you're pre-framing them so that now... They get up and they're not I expecting that. It. He's telling them right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, the hey, we're just going to see if, if, you know, because we want to get out of that mode. We don't want people to expect. But do you remember me saying to you guys, I don't know if I said it to this group or not, but I made a big deal one time out of... Um, when you get people off the table, how are you feeling? How are you doing? How are you doing? Feeling better? Feeling better? Are you better? Have I talked about that? Yeah. Have you guys heard about it? We talked about it last time. Did we did? Okay, yeah. Yes. Be very careful about your own body language, your voice, your tonality, what you imply to the client they should be feeling. Be very, 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 be very strategic about how you do that. Don't get too anxious to hear that they're better right now because right. now you set up expectations. Oh, I'm, am I supposed to, I thought this would take longer. Am I supposed to be better? Right. Exactly. You know, just, you know, how, how's it, how, how's it feeling? How's it feeling? You know, don't get all better, you better, you better, you better. Right. And, the, and, and the same thing when they come back. How are you doing? Did they, were you, were you, how much improvement did you have? You say, how did you do after the treatment? Was there any improvement? Any soreness? Any soreness? Be very calm. Be very calm and don't, don't, did I, did I interrupt yeah, you? No, no, no. Um, and to add to that, as I explained the motor pattern thing, because you know you get that question, well, what caused this? And that's a great question. You know, I don't know the answer. I'd have to follow you and that'd be awkward for both of us kind of thing. It's this this whole, the way that you're going to track this progress is today's probably going to be the most painful out of any session that we have. You'll notice that the more we work on this, and for example, next time that I've identified all these issues, it's not going to be nearly as sore as it is today. That's a good sign of their, your body healing, so on and so forth. So I kind of elaborate on that sense too, mm -hmm. setting the expectation. I mean, right off the bat, I'm essentially so, telling them, yeah, it's not today. It's going to take us a while, and we're going to track it this way. Yeah, yeah. So that's all the preframing that I'm that's talking crazy. about. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Okay. Now. This is all review, but um, these are what I'm calling the <clears throat> these are what I'm calling the the touch points of therapeutic level work. There's four. Do they have a problem they want fixed? Did you find the problem by palpating the areas in the protocol? Did you tell the client you found the problem? Did you explain to them what it will take? fix the problem. You could put this on a three by five card, put it on your on your thing and just look at it before you go bring the client back. Does the client have a problem they want fixed? Did you find the problem? You have to clarify with the three questions, right? Get clear about what the session's about. Number two, did you find the problem by palpating the involved pain pattern? 
Did you tell the client you found the problem? Did you tell them what it would take to get it fixed? Isn't that pretty straightforward, right? One of you would have liked to have gotten like extra credit. You could have given me that today for us. And then I talked about how to manage the treatment process. This was a big part of our last meeting. And what I talked about was this idea of comfort with ambiguity. Ambiguity is uncertainty. So you have to be comfortable with uncertainty because you're always uncertain when you undertake a treatment program. You never know if it's going to work, but you have to be comfortable with that. And, and the, way, the way you do it is, uh, the way that I do it at least, is by telling them what the percentage of improvement we get with this condition is. And then they know that there's a, there's a, percent, there's a chance that it won't work. So tell, tell us, can you help us understand what you're unclear about? I guess I'm unclear of just like the whole process and how long you would stay in an area and once it's not tender. Because sometimes I find that like an area is not tender, but the longer that you work it or once you break up, you know, a little bit of the fashion, then it's tender. Too, where like I feel like I might be missing stuff or I kind of want to spend longer on it. Okay. I think you can chime in on this, but let me, let me just say from my perspective, I want to know that first hit is what I want to know. Is this tender? I don't find that the more I work on it, the more tender it gets. That, that gives me anything. Okay. I want it, is this tender? It either is or it isn't, and I'm, and I'm on to something else. That's, that that's, it's that quick. Okay. Because the people that come to me, you're gonna, it's there. It's there. It's, it's there. I don't, it's so rare. I'm seeing 100 people a day in my practice in California. One or two a day, I would not find. One or two percent. So how long does it take you guys to do 100? A month, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That means one or two a month, you're not going to find You're not going to find any soreness when they come in and say, I've got low back pain. One or two a month. That's how, that's how often you're not going to find this stuff. Let me just repeat myself. Just because you find it doesn't mean you're going to be ultimately going to be successful. Right. Because remember, these other things that are doing it could be contributing to that global soreness that you're now finding, but ultimately you're not, that's, it could give them a little bit of relief and that's gonna trick you. It's gonna cause these funky patterns here. You're not ultimately gonna be successful every time you find myofascial soreness there. But at least you have something to work on and you can start watching for progress, real progress or lack of progress. That's what you're gonna struggle with, is you find the stuff it's going to be rare that you don't find this stuff with people. Very rare. Yeah. Because sometimes even it's just a tender area. Well, that's too. It's like, kept you know, you start on the lumbar parafinal, and that's tender on both people with lower back. Shouldn't be. But remember, don't forget, Jill, the premise. That's why I was, that's why yeah. healthy muscle should not be tender. No level of soreness is normal mm -hmm. or proper. That's an important principle. If you find it, it needs to be worked. Jill, here's the mindset. If there's muscle soreness, it needs to be worked. I don't know if this is going to be the problem, but we're going to work it all out. And what's going to happen, Jill, is that over four or five sessions, you're taking a layer off each time. You're taking a layer on a normal, the way that normal cases go. You remove a layer every time. You remove a layer. You remove a, like a tape. You're peeling back a layer of film. And then you get a more accurate representation of the second treatment. You'll, you'll find less stuff sore, and some stuff is still is still real sore. And then that third session, 
Some of it's not sore at all, but a few of the spots are still a little bit sore. You're starting to get to the core of it, you know? The fourth or fifth, there's just a couple little spots left, and the person's like 80% better. Okay, let's do one more, and I'll work on it. I'll make a note, and I'll do that. Now it's just this spot left, and I worked that the, almost the whole time, and sure enough, the next time they come back, it's all gone. That's how it normally goes. But early on, you don't know what it is. I, I addressed this, if you guys listened to the, the tapes from last time, I addressed this last time, this very topic. Because I was talking about how the treatment plans go. Listen, listen to those CD, listen to those, those tapes, because I went over this, so I spent about half an hour on this particular topic last time. Because I wanted you guys, I felt like that was important, that you guys understood how the treatment progresses. And how, it, and how it unfolds, that ambiguity that goes along with treatment. I wanted you to kind of get a sense of it, so I brought up a lot of these, <laughs> these scenarios. You got a little better sense of it? A little, I think once I get a, like a real session and really see how it flows with lotion, okay. application, like, I don't I'm just a more of a visual and what I want, learner. What I want you so to know too is, is I can see that, because we do that so much, right? but I'm still just, I'm missing something, and I don't know what I'm, yeah. I get that. That's the problem. Is I think I'm missing something because I get that when you talk about it, I'm like, yes, yes, I understand that. I understand that. I do that. I do that. And I'm like, but what am I missing in there? There's something that I don't know what it is. Let's see. This might help. This might not. We'll see. It's one of those. Because you're going to see how I navigate, but then you might go to Doug or Shelby, who completely are performing at a really high level to everybody here, and then they might do it. Different. I don't know. I think your answer, like, how much time do you spend right here? Well, it's not even that. And that and it is it is I think it's cool. just watching it all flow together, too. Yeah. But see, that's, but see, Jill, that's what you should be really good at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you're used to flow. You're, you, you have flow. You, yeah. That, that shouldn't be a big, like, gee, how does it, how does this flow together? I will say this. Maybe, let's keep playing with this. Okay. Let, let's keep, let's keep. Challenge it. We got a few minutes. Um, very few minutes. <laughs> Is there a component in this where there it's such a disruption to a normal flow that it feels so funny? Maybe. And two, like I was thinking about earlier, I've only ever worked here, where like other people have worked with like chiropractors, worked at different like where they see those spot treatments and stuff where. I've only ever, I mean, I guess maybe other people have done a whole lot. He's like, okay, let me try this, Jill, real quick. I interrupt you. That's okay. But I want to get this out. I'm yeah. excited to get this out. <laughs> um, don't think like a massage therapist. It's hard. That's what I think is my struggle. Is not forget forget like about flow therapist. on this. Jill, there is no flow to this. Okay. <laughs> there is no flow. Yeah. It's all disrupted. That's, That's one of the. Do you remember me saying that there's a price to pay for therapeutic work? Mm -hmm. One of the prices is that they don't get their nice flowy massage. It's not a flowy massage. That you're thinking like a massage therapist. Don't think like a massage therapist. Think like a myofascial therapist. Jill, I get them up off the table after each little piece that I do and say, try that. Bend over and see what that does. Because I, I, I have a, I have a, a lot of ways that I can go in a session. So if you guys saw me work with people, I'd get them up off the table almost after each piece and say, now try that. Bend over and see it. Because sometimes I'll say, I'll say to them, and it might be their arm. I mean, with you the other day. Yeah, yeah, you did it. I was working on his arm the other day. 
and I, after every piece that I did with him, I said, now, because I established a baseline, this is a really powerful thing to do. I show me what hurts, and he'd go, I can only bring it like this. I can't bring it clear up over my head, you know. So he'd do this, and I'd go, okay, come over here. Say, now stand up and do this. And you'd go, that's yeah, a little better, but it still hurts. So I go, okay. Now try again. Yeah, that's a little bit better. Okay, now let's do this. It's so disjointed. It's so unflowy. You're not trying to make it flow. Don't try to make it flow. You're trying to fix their problem. And, you, and, you, and there's so many ways that you, that you can go. You'll have so many options that you need to know what it is. and what. So you need to sometimes do that kind of thing. I think what you're... A little bit more. Okay. Okay. I already feel like my work's pretty neat sometimes. Like there's not a lot of transitional flow. But I know this isn't... That's not me, but I know. But I have to not think like a therapist and think... I think what you're... I'm, I could be completely wrong, but you're looking for... Okay, we've established that it's not 50 minutes of intensity. Mm -hmm. I think you know that. What you're looking for is how... Where are my fillers? What are the fillers? How does that get thrown in? When do I give them a break? And what do I do in between that break? Right? In a prone, am I going to constantly go prone, side, supine, prone, side, to fill in the 50 minutes? Or in a prone, okay, how long do I go at it before I give them a break? And then what do I do in between that time? Is that what you're looking for? Maybe. And how long do I spend doing that? What are you, do you see what I'm saying? I, I get what you're saying. That's, that that's, a, that's a good question, by the way. If that's what your question yeah. is, it's a good one. And Jill, that will come with time. What I would say to you is make it up. Make it up, it's okay. It's okay to make it up. And you'll get better and better at making it up as you do the stuff. But focus on the protocol. That's what you want to make sure that you get. And then go ahead, whatever transitions you want to do there. But it's okay for it to be broken up, if it is broken up, because they're gonna to have to move on the side, on the front, and that's gonna break mm -hmm. things up. Your I'm lights, okay are, with that. the yeah. lights are gonna be on, generally speaking. You can turn the lights down a little bit. The lights are generally gonna be up, and um, and you're gonna be talking more because you, you need that feedback. So, yeah, you, you can't approach it so much from it. And I think this is one of the problems that people have, is that they try to make it a massage session, and it's not. Yeah. It's not a massage session, but it's your own compassion for them that's taking it from the massage session because now you have the possibility to help them fix the problem versus the massage isn't going to do it on most, in most cases. And I get it, 50 minutes is a long time to do this therapeutic work, right? Because it's not really 50 minutes of it. And so sometimes, I don't know, there's nothing wrong with coming back to an area and giving them like a true break there. Like, okay, you're clearly jumping off the table. I'm going to check this other thing and then we'll come back to this. And then you go, and then you come back, okay, I'm going to do this maybe about two or three more times. Now, 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 now here's, here's something. I do that all the time. But here's a, here's a, a clarification the way that I work. I go into, like, like glute medius is a good example. Side leg glute medius, it's often super hot on these, on these low back things. I'll work with it, and it's often very tender. And I'll, I'll work it. I'll go to the, I'll go to the, I'll tell them, oh, we'll come back to that. I'll do, I'll do crest of the ilium, come up the, I'll go back to it. So I, I, I'm going, I'm, I'm coming back on the sideline, I don't put them supine. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. put them back supine again and back sideline. No, no, no. no I, 
I, I leave them in one, I, I do everything that I'm going to do in one position, then I move them and then I vary from that position. Like it's not unusual at all for me on the face down to work, to work that lateral sacrum, come up and do some more of this, come back and do some more yeah. there, Come up and do some. Come up and do top of the of the, of the sacrum. Again, erectors. And come back to those erectors again. I might come back three times. You do that too. Maybe, maybe I'm doing it. and I just don't think I'm doing it. Yeah. It's yeah. like because what you guys say, like I'm like I do that. I yeah. Yeah. Do that. So like, I mean, yeah. I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. You you're doing it, Julie. <laughs> you're you're overthinking it. The the key is to make sure that you're you're hitting those pro, those those protocol areas and finding the problem, letting the client know that you find the problem. That's what you should work on. Take that, just the communication part. 